Hey, thanks for joining us on the No Limits Church podcast. This is a place to get equipped to make a difference for the kingdom of God. So get ready to be empowered by this message. All right, so I've known that our next building was on the horizon for a while now. You've probably known too. Uh, I mean, we've outgrown where we are about a year and a half ago. Since then, there's been many Sundays where we're way past 100% capacity. There's been Sundays where there are 150 people here, and there's 100 seats in this room, so there'd be 50 people in overflow. But here's the deal. I don't move on to something new until the Lord reveals it to me. If you've known me for long, you know that about me. I, I just, I don't do it. Until then, I just remain faithful to what he told me to do last. And some see this as being too slow or not aggressive enough, or maybe even lazy. And I get it, because we're encouraged in this life to forge our own path and make our own way. And I've done it that way, <laughs> and it was miserable. And there is nothing that can convince me to go back to that. I just laugh whenever people try to kind of like prod me along. It's like, I ain't, do- I ain't doing it. I've been there, done that. It was not fun. But here's what I can promise you. We will do nothing here at No Limits that is not directed by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Nothing. Nothing. I don't care if it's the best idea since sliced bread and tickles us all happy. If it was not Holy Spirit-led, we are not doing it. I don't care if the church down the street is having great success doing this thing. If it's not Holy Spirit-led for this church, we're not doing it. I will not move on to something new until the Lord reveals it to me. But that doesn't mean that I sit around in sloth. You know, some people kind of, that's how they envision waiting on the Lord, just like sitting around. I don't do that. I'm diligently working daily. I'm working hard daily on what the Lord previously told me to do. I'm carrying that all the way through to completion. We tend to like to go on to the thing that's next. Have you guys ever noticed that? Like, let's get done with this thing and move on to what's next and then move on to what's next. And then God doesn't work that way. I don't know if you've learned that yet. But a year and a half ago, I told the Lord, I said, hey, Lord, uh, we need a bigger building, as if he didn't know, right? Mm -hmm. And since then, I've had my ear tuned to heaven, waiting for his direction. And I've been confidently waiting all this time, knowing that the Holy Spirit would reveal it at just the right time. You know how I know that? Because he's proven himself over and over and over in my life. So I've looked at available spaces occasionally, but nothing resonated with my spirit until a couple months ago. I was driving down Highway 169 South, headed into Tulsa. I just passed 76th Street North, and I I turned to the right and noticed this new thing going up over there called the Fifth Avenue Business Park. Has anybody else noticed that over there? And as I looked over, I heard the Holy Spirit say, they built that for you. And I said, huh? (laughs) And then with the eyes of my spirit, I could see the future of our church there. And I, there's three buildings there, and I even knew which one of the three buildings we would occupy. I could just see it in the spirit. And that's how the Holy Spirit has revealed it to me every time that we've been somewhere. When we moved into this building, almost the whole thing was open, this whole suite, which is a testament itself because when we moved in, the whole thing filled up. Talk about the blessing of the Lord for the landlord. And we went and we toured the space up front first, which is bigger and it's nicer. And I walked in there, no vision. Couldn't see it. I was like, all right, this space was available. I was like, all right, let's go back. I don't really want that, but let's go back there and look. And I walked in and I saw exactly what we're in now. I could see it in the spirit. He's done that for me in my personal residences as well. When we're going around and looking at houses, and this has made Beth really 
Frustrated, yeah, that's the word, right? <laughs> and probably my mom too, because she's our realtor, and we went to see a lot of houses. And I would walk in the front door and I'd say, nope. Without even, Beth's like, but this house is so nice, this and that. Nope, that's not it. But when I walked in the one that we were supposed to be in, I knew it, because I had vision. I had vision. And so I told Beth about the experience, about driving past that building and the Holy Spirit saying, they built that for you. Uh, I told her when I got home, but I didn't tell anybody else for a few weeks. I was just letting it marinate and letting the Holy Spirit confirm what he had spoken. And a few weeks ago, I had lunch with our evangelist, Tim Coleman, and uh, I was led to share this experience with him. You know what his response was? You talking about that building on the west side of the highway that just, just went up? I was like, yeah. I know the guy who built that. Let me set up a meeting. I was like, you know the guy who built that? And this is a great time for me to share a word from the Lord that I received this time last year. And this was a personal word for me. When God gives you a prophetic word, it's not always for like the whole church. Sometimes he gives you a personal prophetic word. And I knew this was for me, so I wrote it in my journal. And this is my first time sharing it with you. I just think it will encourage you. And he said this to me. He said, go forth with great boldness. You are my anointed one for this task, and no one can touch God's anointed. You will feel unqualified. Do it anyway. I am the one who qualifies you. Don't look for man's qualification. You will think you are too young. Do it anyway. Age is irrelevant to me. I'm going to take you on an adventure. Enjoy the ride. You will not have to force yourself into any of it. It will practically fall in your lap. This is my show. Rest and trust in me. It will practically fall in your lap. No kidding. No kidding. Y'all, I'm overwhelmed with the goodness of God. My mind wants it to be hard. I'm serious. My mind wants it to be hard. I almost can't stand how easy this has become since I've learned to wait on the Lord in my flesh. Like it just, it just can't, like it has to be harder than this. Anybody else have those thoughts? It has to be harder than this. But his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And looking back, I can now see that all those grueling hard times that I went through in my life were not the Lord's doing. Hindsight's twenty twenty, right? I blamed it on him at the time. The Lord is doing this to me. He's growing me. But that was my doing. It was the result of me following my plan when I should have been waiting on the Lord. You see, I got impatient. He wanted me to wait on him for direction, but he was taking too long. So I came up with something. But when I follow the Lord's plan, it really is easy and light. It's work and it requires a lot of me. Hear me, it is work and it requires a lot of me. But at the end of the day, I am at ease and full of peace. Amen. The same is available to you. You just have to do what I did. Abandon your own plan. It's not going to work anyway. Like just, get, just abandon it. Ask the Lord what he wants and do that and nothing else. Do that and nothing else. And some of you, he told you what to do. It may have been years ago and you have yet to do it. And you're waiting for a fresh word from the Lord. And he's not going to give it to you until you do what he told you to do last. And you do it with faithfulness and you pour your whole heart into it. When you feel like you need to be moving on to something else, don't work something up. 
Instead, remain faithful to what you already know is from the Lord and then just wait on him to do what's next. Remain faithful to what he's already told you to do and just wait on him for what's next. He won't move as fast as you want him to. He won't move that fast. You'll think he's running behind schedule like, Lord, you are behind. We've outgrown this place a year and a half ago. What are you doing? Maybe I should come up with something. But he's not behind schedule. He's just, you know, he's actually, for many of you, he's just waiting on you to exhaust your own plan. Get quiet so that you can hear what he's telling you to do. Oh, man, somebody needs to receive that. Y'all, I can give you a shortcut right here in this moment. You don't have to waste years exhausting your own plan before you step into what the Lord has for you. You can just say, well, you know what? This isn't working. I'm exhausted. I'm worn out. This is not easy, and this is not light. And that's how you know. That's an indicator for you. And I'm not saying that you're not going to work hard. I'm not saying that you're not gonna have, it's not going to take diligence, that you're not going to be putting in hours. And I'm not saying that you're going to get to sit on your couch all day. Waiting on the Lord is not that. Waiting on the Lord, though, when you're in the Lord's plan, you end the day after a, a full day's work, and you're at ease, and you're at peace, and you're excited about the next day. Amen. So I've been waiting with confident expectation for the past year and a half for God to make his plan known for our new building, and it's been so long that I was kind of shocked whenever it started to unfold. I'm telling you, when I was driving down the highway, I was, I was just looking around, like, I wasn't expecting, I wasn't even in prayer. Like, I, it's not like I had this big spiritual moment going on in my car, right? I just, when I get in the car, I usually like to enjoy some quiet, because my house isn't very quiet. We have, we have lots of healthy, wonderful kids, and they like to talk, and I love that they like to talk, and then when I get my time to have some quiet, I, I take some quiet, so I'm just cruising along, and and that's what happened. So Tim scheduled a meeting with the owner. And in that time leading up to the meeting, God revealed his plan and purpose for this new building in such detail that I drew it out in a floor plan. You want to see it? All right. Well, first, first, let me explain God's purpose for this building. Yes, it's going to be where we have church, but that's not all. This building will be known as this. The place where Owasso gathers. That's the words that I see. The place where Owasso gathers. So when you walk in, it's going to feel like home. It's not going to feel like a commercial space or an industrial space, but a space that gives you a warm hug, and you can't wait until you can go back to it. Now, I'll show you the floor plan and explain. All right, so you'll walk into a spacious lobby with, like, warm coffee shop vibes, Right? And speaking of, we're going to host a coffee shop that will be open to the community every day. People will be coming and going in this building every day. And now this is the preliminaries of this, but I'll give you a little detail on that. So I reveal this plan to Tim, and he's like, I know who we should contact for the coffee shop. I got a contact with Shebrews in Claremore. And so we have a meeting with Shebrews, and they're like, we've been thinking about coming to Owasso. And this is all still unfolding, but it, it's really awesome. So not only will people hang out here on Sundays, but people from all over Owasso will come here throughout the week for meetings and work and whatever. And I don't know if you've noticed this about Owasso, but we have a lot of coffee shops, but none of them are big enough to like go there for a meeting. Anytime I'm going to meet with somebody, it's like they have like five seats in them, right? And you don't know if you're going to get a seat. And I don't really like to go to the place that starts with a P, but yet I go there sometimes. So this is a void in Owasso that needs to be filled, like just a great meeting place throughout the week. So the lobby itself will seat around 64 people, 
and comfortable chairs, and there's even a section of like private booths so people can have one-on-one mentoring sessions, one-on-one meetings, which I'm going to tell you about here in a bit, more about here in a bit. But on the left side of the lobby will be the doors into the auditorium that seats 300 people. So at least for a little while, we can come back together into one service. But now that we've been doing two services for a while, I can see that the Lord is using this as preparation for the future. <laughs> so I don't want you to get the idea that we're only going to have one service for a long time. It's, I can actually see us having services every day of the week at some point, but I'll leave that with you. You can, you can take that and chew on it. But this room is where Owasso is going to come to meet Jesus, get filled with the Holy Spirit, and get healed and delivered, right here in the auditorium. And this is the dedicated spot for, like, the Holy Spirit to move and, and change life. Well, he'll be moving through the whole building. <laughs> to the left of the auditorium will be church offices, the nursery, and a video recording studio. We'll use it for our own videos, and we'll also rent it out to the community. You see, video content is a great way to spread the gospel It's also how we help our kingdom business owners grow their businesses and multiply. And it's how how we will get godly people into those places of government. You can't do that without video content. So this will be the best video studio in Owasso, maybe even the best one in the Tulsa area. It'll just be sought after. And the Lord has given Dylan and I the skills to set that up. So it's kind of like nothing to put that together for us. And it's going to be a great service to the community. So back out to the lobby on the other side, there's going to be three different meeting rooms. First is the dining room. You'll walk into a beautiful, warm dining space with a wall of windows. It's going to be kind of like a dream dining room that'll seat up to 20 people. And next to that is the living room, which which has a huge fireplace, a, a wall of windows, and the most comfortable furniture, just like home, but with enough room for 20 people to come in and meet. And these two rooms will be used for small group meetings, but they're also going to be available to the community. They can rent it for their family gatherings and and reunions and holidays and and all that kind of stuff. When the Holy Spirit revealed these two rooms to me, I got so excited. I mean, what a great plan. Our church desperately needs these two rooms, and really so does Owasso. We live in a time when people don't gather because they don't want to clean or they're too embarrassed that their home does not look like HGTV. (laughs) So we're going to eliminate those excuses and give people a place to gather. It's time for people to gather again. We're, we're called by God to create a place where Owasso gathers, where people come together. So much connection and so much healing and, and meaningful relationships are going to be born in these two rooms. Can you see it? I can see it. And then we have our dining hall, which will seat up to 80 people. You see, we've already been filling this need in Owasso by using this venue that we're in right now for this purpose. In this room where you're in right now, did you know that we've hosted over 40 non-church events this year? That means over 2,500 people have come in and out of this building that don't even go to church here to use this room for their meetings. So the dining hall is our continuance of what already serves our community well, only in the new building, we're going to do it better because that's how we do things at no limits. If we're going to take a step forward, we're going to do it better next time. It's already great here. We have a great team and a great thing going here. But the cool thing about this is, is there's actually going to be windows in the room and, and round tables. People like round tables better than square. I don't, I don't know why, but they do. It's just going to be, it'll be the next step. He's taking us from glory to glory in every aspect. Everything else on the diagram is what it takes to have a useful building like a kitchen and storage. And for everybody who has to work in the storage room here, there's a lot more storage. So you all can just praise the Lord for that. And I know everybody else will appreciate this. Large bathrooms. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) 
But you may have noticed that there's no kids' ministry rooms. And before you freak out about that, let me explain why. Several months ago, as I walked into our kids' room here, the Holy Spirit prompted a question in my spirit. He said this, where did you learn to do kids' ministry this way? And I thought for a minute, and I was very disappointed with my response. And that's when I knew it was a rhetorical question. Holy Spirit never asks you a rhetorical question, just teaching you through questions. And so I disappointedly answered because that's how other churches do it. Do you know what my answer should have been? Either one of two things, because that's what the Word of God says, or because that's how the Holy Spirit led us to do it here. But the right answer was not reality. We were copycats, plain and simple. And then the Holy Spirit said, stop it. No more. And a few years ago, I would have been shocked by this direction from the Holy Spirit. I would have said, what? You want me to shut down the kids' ministry? But he's led me to do some wild things in my personal life. And as I followed him, he's proven to be true in everything that he's led me to do. So I've just learned that the Holy Spirit's a little wild. His, his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. But I've been faithfully obeying him for years now, so I've moved past questioning what he wants me to do. I've actually fully realized I don't have the right to question what he wants me to do. It's actually really foolish of me to question what the Lord wants to do, so I don't do that anymore. I'm here to simply obey. So I made an announcement that Sunday that kids' ministry as we knew it was over, and we're going to be waiting on the Lord to show us what's next. And I said it with a smile. I didn't think through how shocking this announcement would be. Uh huh. I was just excited to follow the Lord and find out what he was going to do next. I learned a valuable lesson that Sunday. I really did. I have a responsibility to help you digest the things of the Lord, not just the word of God, but even the prophetic words of God. I can't just like drop a bomb on you and, and, and leave it at that. <laughs> Kurt, quit laughing at me. Because that leaves way too much room for division. That's what I learned. When you just drop a bomb and you don't, way too much room for division. So I sincerely apologize. I really do. I'm really sorry for doing it that way. And I'm never going to do it that way again. I've learned my lesson. It doesn't change the fact that the Holy Spirit wanted us to stop doing what we were doing. I just should have presented it to you in a different way. And I'm sure the Lord had a good laugh, just like Donna is right now at my ignorance, at my excited ignorance. I can only imagine what Donna was thinking that day when she went home. Wow, Kate didn't think that through, did he? But hey, I learned something that I can do better next time. So I've been waiting for several months now on what's next for kids' ministry. And believe it or not, people have been asking me, what's next for kids' ministry? And then they'll ask me again, what's next for kids' ministry? But I wasn't going to just make something up. I was going to wait for the Holy Spirit to reveal it when the time was right. And part of the answer came months ago, but the full answer came whenever God revealed the plan for this building. And the whole experience prompted me to go to the Word of God. I knew a plan for kids' ministry had to be in there. It had to be in there. And wouldn't you know what it is? Did you know the answer was in there? That's amazing, isn't it? In Matthew 19, you'll read about a time when a group of parents brought their children to Jesus for prayer so that he could lay his hands on them. And the disciples got bent out of shape because they thought this was distracting. Lord, send the children away. They're distracting. Does that sound familiar? I mean, have you ever known the modern church to treat children like they're a distraction? And here's how Jesus responds to this. He says, but Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not forbid them, for such is the kingdom of heaven. 
So here we learn that the Lord desires children to be part of the main gathering. They had a gathering going on there. He was teaching the adults, and he wanted the children to be right there with him. He doesn't teach us to put them in another room so the adults can focus. They're supposed to be with us. And get this, they're not supposed to be wallflowers either. They're supposed to be a part of the service. They they should be responding to altar calls. They should be coming up and giving us prophetic words because doesn't the word say that our sons and our daughters will prophesy? They do. Amen. They all have gifts. So this is something that many churches struggle with, but we don't struggle with that anymore because we've had the kids with us in here for many years now. The Lord corrected me on that three years ago because we, did, we used to not have the kids in here during our main service. And it was that scripture that are just like, <gasps> sometimes the scriptures just stick a knife in your chest. You're like, what are you doing? So what, but, you know, what about Sunday school? That, that was my question. What about Sunday school? Again, I went to the word of God for direction. I asked, what is the responsibility of the church for the children? And you know what I found? Nothing. There is no mention of a special kids class or a kids ministry or anything like that in the New Testament. Now, if you know of something that I didn't find, you better come tell me. But this made me, okay, where is, where's the, the kids ministry scripture of how do, we, how do we split up the kids into different age groups and like, I'm looking for it, looking for it, looking for it. So what's the deal? What's going on here? Since kids' ministry wasn't a thing in the New Testament, they must have thought differently than we do about the whole kids' situation. So I went back to the Bible and realized that kids are the responsibility of the parents. Let me show you three of many places that reveal this. Proverbs 1, chapter 1, verse 8. My child, listen to what your, when your father corrects you. Don't neglect your mother's instruction. What you learn from them will crown you with grace and be a chain of honor around your neck. Deuteronomy 5.29. Oh, that they had such a heart in them that they would fear me and always keep all my commandments, that it might be well with them and their children. For what happens whenever the parents live godly lives? The children benefit. And not just temporarily, not just while they're in the home, but forever. Isn't that amazing? The responsibility, the impact of the parent. Amazing. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Who's supposed to do that? The parents. I mean, we could keep going, but the Bible's clear. The parents are responsible for raising children in the ways of the Lord, not the church. I mean, that's shocking to hear. I mean, that's almost shocking coming out of my mouth. The parents are the responsibility. The parents are responsible for raising children in the ways of the Lord, not the church. Can the church help? Yes, by helping the parents. Wow. Our culture thinks so differently. This is why we wrestle with this issue of kids' ministry. Because so, we're so accustomed, in our cult, not just in church, but in culture, we're accustomed to teachers and coaches and Sunday school teach, teachers fulfilling a big part of raising our children. And for the record, I'm not bashing anyone, anybody who thinks this way. I'm simply awakening you to a biblical truth. Parents carry a special anointing to raise their kids that nobody else has. The best thing we can do for kids is equip parents to be godly leaders in their homes. 
the impact of this would far outshine the best kids program. Just think of the impact of this. Kids don't need an hour of Sunday school. They need godly parents who value them and fully accept their responsibility to train their kids in the ways of the Lord. We have to break this idea that parents have that they can outsource this training of the Lord to the church. You have to break that off because it doesn't work. And we can see that it doesn't work because the kids' ministry model as we know it, you look at the results of it, and we now have the generation that is the furthest from God. Not that they can't be redeemed. We are going to redeem that generation. But it would be much better for them if their parents would have known what they were supposed to be doing, that it was their responsibility to raise them in the ways of the Lord, not the church. And yet these parents are probably blaming it on the church. Well, I guess that kid's ministry wasn't good enough. They, they, blah, 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 blah. It's not the church's fault. It's the parents' fault. But we can correct that. We just got to correct our thinking and correct our ways to align with the word of God. So this is what the Lord revealed to me months ago through his word, but I still needed his plan for accomplishing this. I need his, how do we undo the cultural norm? How do we do this? And he led me to this scripture in Titus chapter 2, verse 4. Older women must train the younger women to love their husbands and their children, to live wisely and be pure, to work in their homes, to do good, and to be submissive to their husbands. Then they will not bring shame on the word of God. This is the answer. Mentorship. We must restore mentorship where the older generation teaches the younger generation. How does a young dad learn to be a godly father? By learning from an older father who has successfully raised his kids in the ways of the Lord. It's so simple. It practically slaps us in the face. Like, how did you not know this? Why were you not doing this? How did we miss this? Because we want it to be more complicated. Surely the Lord's not simple. Surely he, his yoke is not easy and his burden light. Did we really think that a weekly one-hour kids program could fill the void for struggling parents? Did we really think that that would work? Never in our wildest dreams would that work. No Limits Church is called by God to restore mentorship in our city. In our city. We have a mandate from heaven to help connect the older generation to the younger generation. Amen. Remember when I told you that the lobby would have those private booths for one-on-one -on -one mentoring session? That's, that's the whole purpose of them right then. We were creating a space for this to happen. Yeah. All right, let me give you a preliminary plan for pulling this off. This is just preliminary, and I'm sure it will evolve as we move into this. But several times a year, we're going to host like a one-day conference for parents. And this will be open to the community, not just for our church. And in this conference, we're going to stir the parents' hearts. And we're going to give them a deep hunger to become godly parents. And we're going to teach them that your kids are not a nuisance. They are a blessing from the Lord. We're going to undo those lies and culture with this one-day conference. And then at the end of the conference, we're going to connect them with an older mentor who can actually go on and walk with them weekly or however often they want to as they become the parents that they are meant to be. 
we can't even fathom how much of an impact this is going to have on children. Like, you can't even wrap your mind around it. I'm telling you, the kids' ministry model that we've known in the past won't hold a candle to this. And you know the best part? Once we nail nail down how this works, just like the logistics of it and things like that, we're going to be able to share it with other churches and give them a head start into implementing this in their their church. Amazing. So now the, the Word of God tells us this, that we all prophesy in part. Isn't that humbling? When you get a prophecy, (laughs) you didn't get the full picture. That means that this is an incomplete vision, what I just shared with you. God will use other people here to complete the vision. Man, that was good, wasn't it? Help us get God's word out to everyone who needs it by partnering with us financially. Your generous giving is what enables us to make a difference for the kingdom of God. Visit nolimits.fyi to give securely online. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a message. And thanks again for listening. Now let's go make a difference.